Hello, listeners. It's Philip here. I'm with my brother Peter. Mark couldn't make it today, um, so all you, uh, all you, all of you who only tune in to hear Mark's voice, you can you can turn it off now. But uh, Peter and I are excited, or rather, as excited as we can be, to uh, talk about this French Open. Um, usually, Nadal is the favorite. And this is why I'm not so excited. But in this event, he's not. Um, and the reason is that it's going to be low 60s, high 50s, and raining for basically the entire tournament. Um, Nadal's ball doesn't bounce as high in colder conditions, colder and wetter conditions. Um, so it's probably not Nadal who's the favorite, and I'm a big Nadal fan. Uh, so, Peter, the the question I have for you before we talk about the uh, Roland Garros draw, has there been a time in your life where the priors or the the conditions have changed so much that your priors have been just totally shifted? Like, as as extreme as how Roland Garros is usually Nadal is just your eyes closed favorite, but this year he isn't. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I've I've played tennis in just extreme weather before, and that just shifts like like if there's just a lot of wind or something, um, that is a great equalizer. Um, but I can't think of any real specific examples. So, but so the hypothetical that I remember uh, frequently discussed in college was. How many shots would the number one on our team uh, need to take to lose to the last player place person on our team? You mean like shots of alcohol? Yeah, and so, so um, just for context, the number one on our team was the number one junior in North America when he graduated. He was beating top fifty players in the world, and was he he'd been playing just a ton of squash from the time he was three years old. The last place person on our team was basically like a, a coder from Canada who like kind of played, but wasn't really serious about it until college. Had, and there was had a, a few weight issues gap. and like depth perception issues. Smoked a lot of weed. Um, <laughs> and, and so, uh, but, but squash is not a sport like tennis it's not a sport that's easily played under the influence um just because it the hand-eye coordination's got to be pretty precise and so um when you when you uh asked me that question i thought of like all right like um what in what situations have i seen where the dramatic favorite might be uh might be taken down a few pegs and be normalized to the pack. Yeah, and how many shots did you decide that uh, that our number one would have had to take? <laughs> like twelve. <laughs> yeah, I think he would have had to like have literally passed out. I think at any at any point of like inebriation, uh, he would still be better than the last player on our team. Um, yeah. My situation is also a sports example. In middle school, I was just a remarkable athlete, mostly because I had gone through puberty quicker than other people had. And then I got to ninth grade, and everybody else was uh, was similarly hair legged. So uh, yeah, I was I was no longer remarkable, and that that really uh, stung for the ego, but. Uh, yeah, conditions just changed. Um, cool. So, uh, in these rainy, um, cold courts at Roland Garros, uh, there's been one um, positive change. It's that there's a roof now on Philippe Chatrier, so we can... Uh, we can be sure... To be able to watch tennis at all times without rain delays, as there frequently are at Roland Garros, and um, 
and I guess the first match was played under the roof. Um, it was Yannick Sinner against uh, David Goffin, and I think this was really a uh, an arrival moment for Sinner. He's had great results, but he just smoked um, David Goffin, who's just one of the best players in the world. Um, it was it was one of those matches that you circle on the draw in the first round as like, oh, this is gonna be a great match. And then it was just a one sided affair where just one guy was just a level a level ahead of the other. Did you so, catch any of that one? I didn't I didn't really catch the match. I saw the scoreline though, and it looked like a beatdown. But I wouldn't necessarily say this is a breakthrough. Um, just because, like, I guess in line with our opener, this is a really weird year. Like, French Open and and uh, U.S. Open two weeks apart. Goffin did a lot better in the U.S. Open than Sinner did, which means that Sinner had just a lot more time to, to make that transition to clay than Goffin did. Um, so... Yeah, I'm not going to, like, crown Sinner now, but he's been on the radar for 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 at least a year, and um, good things ahead for that kid. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, yeah, he is, he's going to be around for a while. Um, Goffin, uh, he's a pretty good clay court player. Um, yeah, but you're right. This is, I think, a lot of drawing conclusions about a person arriving or a person not having it anymore or like any of that. Let's just not do that this year. This is a really, um, this is this year is an aberration. Um, it's great when guys play well, but if uh, if a guy shits the bed, it's uh, there are valid excuses. Um, so yeah, I think though that the the exception to that, I think the exception to that might be Andy Murray. You think he's washed up? I mean, six months of no play was 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 like in theory at least a godsend for him. Yeah. The the flip side of that, I was thinking the same thing. I, I so the other big match today that everyone had circled on the draw and was played on Chatrier was um, Wawrinka Murray, which uh, only only three years ago was a semifinal. Um, Two thousand seventeen, Stan beat Murray six uh, one in the fifth. Um, yeah, and today Stan just like smoked him and it wasn't even close um he just overpowered him but uh the the smoke side the the flip side of murray being washed up is uh i think he literally hasn't played a clay court match in three years and he sort of looked like it yeah that that could be the case but he got smoked by felix at the u.s too yeah yeah, one thing I noticed about his movement sucks. Now. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he used to just be, glide around the court. I think it's also his anticipation is bad. Uh, it's like he's seeing the ball like half a second slower off the racket. Um, and I mean hip surgeries, uh, side to side, uh, changes of direction, um. That's something that uh, is directly directly related to the hips. Um, so that yeah, that is uh, that is concerning. But uh, Murray's what uh, 30, 31? Is he our age or thirty two? I think him and Djokovic are the same age. He might be thirty three. Thirty three. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that's like. I mean that used to be old in tennis terms, but uh, now it's not. Like with advances in sports uh, medicine and all that, um, I think he's got several years to to recover. And uh, yeah, I think 
I think uh, with him, the question is, can he get a good several years, like a a clean, a cleanly healthy several years? If he if he can stay healthy, I think he can get back. But if it's chopped up um, with injury, like six week injury here, six week six week injury there, uh, then I think it'll be harder for him. Yeah, I think. Um... The anticipation can come back, but the speed is not going to. Yeah. Um, and his game relied so much on his moving ability. Um, so there is... It's quite possible that he is washed up. Um, which would be sad. Uh, another thing, though, that he has is he's he always is fighting. Um, he's got a really good mental mental game, um, like psychological game. Um, so that's, that's something that even if he, uh, even if he's never top five again, uh, I have full faith in him to like punch above his weight. Um, whatever his level is. Um, if he's like, has the level of a 70 in the world, I, I, I see him like, beating guys that are ranked 40 in the world sort of thing. Oh, yeah. No, he he's just been in so many battles and so many big moments that he's just a mental giant still. Um, it's, it's, it'll be interesting. Um, you can't, you can't just put the nail in the coffin just yet for somebody who's clearly a legend. But what's, What's interesting, though, is that um, Dan and Murray both were just never the same again after that semifinal match you referenced from 2017. And, like, I think soon after, both of them got surgeries. For Stan, I think it was his knee, and for Murray, it was his hip. And it's the kind, it was the kind of thing, I think, for both, where they were, they could have, they were playing through it and continuing to play through it, but it was just so painful that they couldn't play through it anymore. And it's the, and it's, it's, um, I mean, Stan's recovered a lot better than Murray has. Stan is a top 20 player again. He's had, he's had big wins, but he hasn't really advanced to the later round of grand slams or masters. And, uh, in, in hindsight, I wonder if they could see if if they had been able to see their twenty twenty selves um, at the time they they decided to do their surgeries. I wonder if either or both would have opted against their twenty twelve twenty or twenty twenty seventeen decision. Yeah, that's an interesting. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I'm not sure if either actually had a choice um i mean i guess the the other option would have been to just wait to rest and hopefully things improve um you just never know with health uh or like dramatically reduce the number of tournaments you play yeah yeah there are ways to do it but yeah um Okay, so we talked about the two, I guess, most intriguing clashes um, that ended up not being very good matches today. Uh, there were some five-setters. Nishikori uh, is the all-time leader in win percentage in a deciding set, mostly because he people like Dan Evans take him to a deciding set. Um, but he got through 6-4 in the fifth. Uh Taylor Fritz won the first two sets, lost the next two, and then got through. Juan Ignacio Londero beat uh, Countryman uh, Del Bonis, 14-12 in the fifth. Um, uh, Sasha Sverev, he uh, he got through in straights. Um, and uh, the young American, uh, I think it's Stephen Korda, uh, he beat Seppi. Um, he's gonna play Isner in the next round. So yeah, it was a it was a nice little Sunday there at Roland Garros. Um, 
but yeah, not really much to discuss. Uh, I guess Deminor lost. He he lost in straight to Kechinado, former semifinalist. Um, so the number twenty five seed is out. But uh, yeah, I guess what Peter and I are here to do is uh, preview the draw. There have been a few matches played, but we're still in the first round, so uh, there's a lot of previewing that can be done. Let's start Tor- with... Torich also lost, by the way, which is interesting given him and Dimonor were, were quarterfinalists at the U.S., and so I'm wondering like how much U.S. Open hangover there is. Yeah. Um, yeah, he... I think he lost early in Rome as well. Yeah, he just had a hard time transitioning. Um, yeah, maybe he could have used an extra week to practice. But yeah, that's something to think about when uh, previewing the draw is uh, how much time they've been on clay. Um, so I think Novak, uh, he's proved that he's ready for the clay court season. He won in Rome, um, beat Schwartzman in the final. Uh, what do you think of Novak's draw? I think it's pretty light. Um, I think he got off pretty easy with the draw makers. What do you think? Yeah, Herkoc, uh Clay isn't really a surf. Like Herkoc is the twenty nine seed slated to play Djokovic in the uh, third round. Um, before that, uh, there is nobody of note in the section, and uh, I don't even see Herkoc making it to the third round because um, yeah, he's kind of a big server, uh, typical tall guy. Um, yeah, so Novak will walk to the round of 16. Yeah, and then in the round of 16, uh, the most likely people he'll play are Garin and Kashinov. And Kashinov has had a really shitty return. Yeah, um, Garin uh, did well in uh, Hamburg. Yeah, so uh, Garin might be the, like, or somebody like Ugo Umbert or somebody. Yeah, Ugo Umbert but, beat Medvedev. But, like, yeah, this is just... I yeah. would be shocked if Djokovic does not just cakewalk through. Yeah, I see uh, either Garin or Umbert uh, getting to the round of 16. It's sort of ironic. I find myself rooting against Frenchmen in Roland Garros. Because uh, there was one time a few years ago um, when Nadal was on, but the broadcast wouldn't switch over to his match because Paul-Henri Mathieu was playing. Um, And that was just so annoying that they, like, favored the Frenchman on the local broadcast over, like, the 12-time champion. Yeah, that is annoying. (laughs) Yeah, so I, like, reflexively now root against the French, but uh, Umbert's a promising young player, so uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too disappointed if he made the round of 16. Um, yeah, so so Djokovic against Garin, Umbert, or Kashinov is also just, like, three sets uh, onto the quarters for him. So yeah, Djokovic is uh, Djokovic's tournament really starts on Wednesday of next week. Uh, so we've got a while before we have to um, think about Novak, um, unless he, you know, hits a lines person in the neck with a ball. Um, anyway, it's crazy how much people are just like chomping at the bit to like freak out at Djokovic. <laughs> like it, it was. It was worldwide sports news when he broke a racket last week. Yeah, yeah. And the ESPN headline was uh, Djokovic loses his cool again, as if, like, everybody... Like, it is the outlier player who doesn't throw his racket. I guess, like, Federer and Nadal don't throw their rackets, but, uh, yeah... Uh, these days, um, guys are throwing their rackets, <laughs> um, and Djokovic is not an outlier there. Um, 
If you follow at Doubles Alley Pod on Twitter, we actually tweeted about that one. We said it was an unfair. We uh, chastised ESPN for their unfair headline. But yeah, anyway, pandering. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, next uh, next section we've got uh, Bautista Gu and Karenia Busta in the uh, in the hyphenated last name section. Um, uh, there's also uh, Gasquet um, against Bautista Agu first round. That's a pretty good match. Um, Guido Your Pella. Your boy Guido Pella. My yeah. boy Uchiyama. Yeah. You know, I think I'm going to go with... Uh, I think Guido Pella will make it to the third round here and lose to Bautista Agu. Yeah, I, I think I'm just hopeful it's Bautista Agu because he's the one who's actually challenged Djokovic a few times recently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, the, he's the only one in the quarter, in the uh, opposite quarter from Djokovic, who could actually test Djokovic. Yeah. Um, or, yeah. I don't know if he could test Djokovic, but he, he'd give more of a test, uh, like a level above the test that anyone else would. This is their, their, the, that was only half of this, like, uh, section Berrettini's the seven seed, so he would. Uh, but Berrettini's he, not really a clay guy, right? Yeah, he uh, he made it to the semis in Rome and lost to Kasparud in a very very tight match. He actually uh, had match ball in in the tie break. No, he was close. He was serving for the match and uh, hooked a forehand wide. The match was on his racket knee, and he lost. Um, he's a good player. Clay isn't his favorite surface, but remember, uh, this is sort of not. This is sort of like not uh, your everyday clay court tournament. Um, balls will be bouncing lower. Uh, guys who hit the ball flatter and harder will have more of a chance. Um, he plays Pospisil first round. Struf is the other seed in his section. I see him definitely getting to the round of 16. And then uh, against Bautista Agu, who I'm assuming makes it to the round of 16 against him, I think that'll be a good match. Yeah. I don't, I'm not as confident in Berrettini as you are. Um, just because like, I feel like he's more of a power player, and Clay is such a slow surface. Um, it just resonated with me earlier watching Stan versus Murray, just how slow it is. Um, there are some tricky players in his section too, like Pospisil is a little tricky. Lloyd Harris is a little tricky. Uh, Feliciano Lopez is always tricky. Um, and Struff and Tiafo have been known to ha- uh, win in upsets. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a sure thing, but yeah, that's who I have in my draw. Who do you have in your your draw? Um, yeah, I think I'll go Berrettini. You, who do you have playing Djokovic in the quarters? Uh, Batista Agu. Yeah, I hope that's uh, I hope that's what happens. I'll go Berrettini for the quarters, but uh, yeah, hopefully it's Batista Agu. Um, I like his game. All right, so the the four seed um, in this in this half of the draw, um, Medvedev. Uh, so it means Nadal and Team are on the same side, and Medvedev and Djokovic. Medvedev, we talked about this on the last pod. Uh, he hasn't had the greatest results on clay, but he's got a game that should translate to the surface. Um, but yeah, at least at least his defense, right? Yeah. I think- I think his offense, I think he might need um, just experience attacking on clay. Um, He doesn't hit, like, quite the heavy ball that, like, Stan and and, uh, team and Nadal hit. But it's got to be just such a bitch hitting through him on clay. Yeah. Uh, He plays Fuxovich first round. the 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 seed he's supposed to play in the third round is uh Basilashvili. So he's got a pretty light um 
he's got a pretty light section. Um, and then on the other side, uh, it's Lajevich and Rublev. Um, Rublev just won in Hamburg. He beat Sitsipas uh, in a in a tight match. Um, yeah, so actually, um, if it's a Rublev-Medvedev clash, uh, Med- Rublev is probably favored. Yeah, he might be. Um, Although he's I, never beaten Medvedev. If if Rublev got to the semis and played Djokovic, I feel like that's that's an opponent that um, I've never actually seen them play, but it could be interesting. This Rublev section is actually kind of like it's got some players in it. Like he plays Query first round. Yeah, Query first round. His second round should be easy. But then, like, Lajevich, Jer, and Kevin Anderson are all, like, whoever surfaces is going to be a pretty strong third-round opponent. Yeah. I, I have Rublev uh, actually beating Medvedev and getting to the quarters. Yeah. I'll go Medvedev. Okay. And then, okay, next uh, section, we've got... Uh, Shapovalov plays Jill Simone in the first round. That's actually a tough draw. Ooh, yeah. Because <laughs> Shapovalov... I'd be, I'd be very surprised if Shapovalov makes the third round. Yeah, because uh, Jill Simone is a metronome. Uh, he like he He's a pusher. And Shapovalov uh, hits a lot of errors. Um, that said, he did make the semis in Rome. Um, so... He's top 10 for the first time ever. Interestingly, yeah. he's top 10 and has never won a tournament still. Or is that not true anymore? He might have won a tournament. Uh, he's never won like a, a Masters or anything. Yeah, he's never won a big tournament. Um, but uh, yeah, Jill Simone, that'll be a tough first round. But I think if he, he can get past that... Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and Dimitrov... Might be a tough third round too. Um, yeah. This is yeah, this is a tricky section for Shapovalov. Um, if he plays his highest level, he should get through it. But uh, it's it's tough. Uh, who yeah, do you- he can he can really hit penetrating shots, and his net game is really good for closing points. I think he he his game actually might be pretty decent for clay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I have a hard time. I think Dmitrov Shapovalov would be a coin toss um, if both were playing decently. Um, Shapovalov has some moment. He's he's uh, he had a good U.S. Open too. He got to the semis in uh, in Rome. So I just I think he's the one to bet on. Yeah, and then. Next, uh, they who they would play in the in the third, third round, third round, and on the in the round of sixteen, uh, it's uh, Sitsipas or where is it? Sitsipas or Krajinovic? Uh, yeah, Sitsipas. Uh, he had a really good result in Hamburg, made the final, uh, lost to Rublev in a tight one. Uh yeah, I think he's got some clay matches under his belt. Jam Munar is a really tough first round opponent. Uh but I mean smart smart money is on to pass in this section. Yeah. My only hesitation is that um he might be tired coming in. He's young though. I think like if he wasn't playing those matches, he would he would be training. Uh, yeah. but I guess mental is the, is the bigger thing. Um, I don't know. I think he, he had plenty of time to rest though. He didn't make it as far as he would have liked in the U S open. And, uh, like this is what he does. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. So who would yeah. you? Taking a Sitsipas, uh, Shapovalov, 
uh, round of 16 match. I think that that's one I'd love if it happened. Yeah, I'm just going to bet on Sitsipas because I think he's more likely to actually make it there. Yeah, Sitsipas and then Sitsipas Rublev uh, quarterfinal. Uh, rematch. Yeah. I have um, Medvedev actually, and I'm going to have Medvedev take that match against Sitsipas. Yeah, I think I'll have uh, Sitsipas in, in the uh, semis. <laughs> Just because uh, Rublev sits a pass is if you look at their head to head, it's like they play extremely close. Like final set winner usually has to win seven games. Uh, yeah, they go the distance pretty much every time, and it like flips in between. So Rublev won the last one, so sits a pass will win this one. Is my is my thinking. Um, yeah, yeah, and so semifinal. You have Medvedev, Djokovic. Do you have Djokovic? Uh, yeah, and I think it'll be a beatdown. Yeah, I've since passed Djokovic, and uh, similarly, yeah, I think I think Sitsipas could get a set. I think whoever makes the semifinals could get a set off Novak. The thing about Novak is he's he's won all these matches, but he hasn't actually played his best tennis. Um, I don't think he's untouchable. I just think nobody has had their day against him yet. Yeah. It's like kind of a fluke that he's basically undefeated this year. Um, at least in my opinion. Like, his, his level hasn't been his highest... Um, Still, it's like pretty cool that his B game is better than everybody else's. Um, anyway, let's go to the next half of the draw. Uh, all right, Gael Monfils, uh, Taylor Fritz are the two uh, seeds in this uh, top section. Uh, and Schwartzman and Chorich lost to Gombos. So... Uh, do you, what do you foresee uh, happening here? I'd be surprised if it wasn't Monfi against Schwartzman. Schwartzman's playing very well. Made the finals of Rome. And uh, Monfi is just a tough out and well-rested. Have we seen Have we seen much of Monfi on clay? He wasn't at the U.S. Open, but what, how did he do in Rome and Hamburg, do you know? I don't think he played, but I'm not sure... Uh... Yeah, he's sort of a wild card. I mean, Monfils at a high level is always a good player, but I just don't know what his level is. I do know that Schwartzman's level is basically the highest it's ever been. Um, he got to the finals of Rome. Uh, he played an epic... He, he played really well against Nadal. I mean, Nadal didn't play his best, but Schwartzman was playing really well. Um uh yeah, he made his first Masters 1000 final. Uh yeah, and I see him getting to the round of 16 um and also the quarterfinals. Yeah, Mofi lost 6 6-2 to Kopfer in the in Rome. Yeah, Kopfer had a good tournament actually. He got a set off Djokovic. Yeah. Um, I think I think uh I'm going to take Monfi. I'm not going to take the Masters 1000 result too seriously. Just learning from um, from this year's Cincinnati and how team just got destroyed in Cincinnati and then won the tournament in New York. Yeah. Uh, Schwartzman was playing so well, though. Like, uh, he's just a hard... If he... I mean, it's not a sure thing that he can maintain that level, but uh, that's a hard level for anyone to beat. Um, yeah. Another thing that he has going for him is uh, his girlfriend was with him in Rome, and uh, it is kind of heartwarming that Schwartzman listed at 5'7", probably actually 5'5", five, five, uh, is, is dating just like 
this bombshell like Argentine supermodel. Um, yeah, uh, it is a a feel good story as well. Um, on and off the court, he's winning. Um, so uh, yeah, so you have you have Monfils in the quarters, and I have Schwartzman. Uh, let's go to the next section. Uh, Wawrinka beat Murray today. You know, just. And he plays Kupfer in the next round, who's been playing really well on clay. Uh, you think Stan has no problem with him? Yeah, I think Stan. Um, I think Stan could have a really good t- tournament. And then Ojeda Yassim is the first seeded player he would play in the third round if Felix makes it that far. You think Stan uh, uh, handles him as well? Yeah, I think I think Stan handles him. Yeah, so do I. He was uh he was so aggressive on his serve returns today. Uh he was just whenever he had a a look, he just went for it. Um which is what he was doing when he won the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Um next section is Casper uh, Rude and uh Dominic Team are the seeds. There's also Jack Sock, uh, Tommy Paul, and Riley Opelka. So a surplus of Americans in this section. Um, Kasper Ruud, he made the finals of... Uh, was it the final or the semifinal? Or, he had a very good result on clay, but I forgot yeah, what it made, was. I think he made the semis of Rome. Yeah, yeah, he made the semis of Rome, yeah. He beat Berrettini. Um Yeah, uh, and then um, so he he's he's had a good clay court season so far. Uh, team plays Chilich first round. That's a pretty tough match uh, on paper, but it might just be another tough match on paper that's actually beat down because Chilich uh, might actually might legit be washed up. Um, I think these guys played at the U.S. Open and Team smoked them. Um. Yeah. So, what do you think happens? Yeah. So, I guess not to bury the lead. Jack Sock qualified. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking through his, the qualifiers to see who he actually played. He beat Kuznetsov in the final round of qualifying. Um. I feel like, man, Jack Sock might actually be like on the on the rise again. Not like on the rise, on the rise, but you know, not totally, not totally lost. He won three matches in a row. Um, yeah, yeah, and he plays Opelka in the first round. Opelka big serve, which the clay court neutralizes. So you have to think Sock is probably the favorite in that match. Yeah, I don't know much about Opelka's results. I do know that um, Isner actually does like randomly well on clay sometimes. Like he took Nadal to five sets one year in the French Open. Yeah. Um, so I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go as far as to predict Sock to beat Opelka, um, <laughs> but it's just good to see. It's good to see Sock with some, um, with some mojo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be team um, versus Stan, and then that'll be a really good match. I think uh, I'm calling out team uh, getting upset earlier than we would expect. Um, so by like Casper Kas- Root? Yeah, I think Casper Root might do it. He's like a really talented clay. He's a, he's um a very good clay court player. Um, talented player in general, but especially on clay. Uh, and yeah, I think, uh, team might have like a letdown after he's, he's famously inconsistent. So he had his great result at the U S open, which means, uh, it'll be a a deflating one here. That's an interesting call. Part of me wants to call that, but I just, 
he's just so good on clay. Like I think even his B game can get him to a certain a certain um round in this tournament. Yeah. I mean I'm being contrarian here. Um but I don't see it as uh impossible. I, I see it as uh yeah, something that definitely could happen. Um Cool. So speaking of somebody who did really well in the U.S. Open, uh, Sverev uh, won his first round match today. Uh, the closest seed to him lost his first round match. Kachinato uh, beat Domenor. Um Kachinato made the semis two years ago, and he actually beat Sverev en route. Um, uh, do you... But, I don't really see that happening this year. Do you? What do you think? I actually think Kachinato will beat Zverev. I yeah. think Zverev will have have like a match that's tough, closer than it should be with Air Bear in the second round, and then lose to Kachinato. I'd love that. Uh, yeah, and that's not. I mean, Kachinato crushed Demenor, and he. He had a. He's had good results on this surface before, so uh, yeah, it's totally possible. Another thing is, uh, yeah, Sverev. It takes a while to get over losing. Uh, seven six in the fifth, uh, in the U.S. Open, and having double faulted twice in the final set tiebreak, um, so that may or may not be totally out of his head, but it is, uh, it is encouraging for him that he won in three sets. Um, I'm calling Sverev over Kitchenado. Um, you know who I'm calling over Sverev though in the, uh, round of 16 is, uh, Yannick Sinner. Yeah, no, I, I think he's going to get to the quarters as well. I think he'll beat Kitchenado. Yeah. So he beat uh, Goffin. He beat the shit out of Goffin. Uh, I guess Benoit Pair is the next seed he would face. Um, Pair has uh, had some some issues with positive COVID tests, but is uh, I think he 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 has antibodies now. He's probably not going to get COVID again. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Center's, I think, just a more talented player than Bear. Um, and then, yeah, I think he'll take down Sverev as well, make his first Grand Slam quarter. Um, and in that quarterfinal, uh, he would play probably, I mean, Nadal, the, nec- the next section has Fognini and Nadal. And then the other seeds are Dan Evans, who lost Nishikori, and Isner. Um, what do you think of Nadal's uh, path to the quarters? I think first, second rounds should be pretty easy. Um, Nisha Corey wouldn't be the wouldn't be like the uh, most chill third round opponent, but I think. He's coming off an injury, though. He lost to Lorenzo Musetti. Um, yeah, like I wouldn't be too concerned about Nishikori for Nadal. And then, um, trying to see if Fognini, if there's any, yeah, I think it's just going, going to be Fognini versus Nadal. And that's always a tough match for Nadal. But I'm, I mean, it's got to be Nadal, right? Yeah, it's Clay. I think he, he's got a pretty light opening two rounds. Rafa does, which is good because uh, he was pretty far from his best level at uh, Rome. And so he can sort of play his, play his way into the tournament. He's got Gerasimov and then McDonald or Diaz. Diaz uh, and then a uh, not 100% Nishikori, most likely in the third round. That's actually a really good um, route for him. He can gradually raise his level so that by the fourth round he might be playing um, closer to 
to uh, the tennis we're used to seeing from him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Nadal and then Nadal or Sinner in the quarterfinals. Uh, I mean, Nadal. Yeah. And then semifinals, uh, you had... Who did you have? You had team or Stan? Oh, uh, I think team versus Stan was the that was the, was that a quarter or was that? Yeah, that was a quarter. Um, I'm gonna hold on. I think I'm. I'll go with a uh, team. I think I'll go with Stan over Casper Ruud. So I have Stan in the quarters against uh, Schwartzman. Yeah, I'm going to go with Stan. So Stan in the semis against Nadal, and I'm going to go with Nadal. I'm going to go with, uh, I guess, um, I'll go Malfi in the semis against Nadal and have pick Nadal. Solid. So we have our... So the moment this draw came out, I just saw... Collision course between Nadal and Djokovic. Um, the U.S. Open, uh, both of them had to be just really annoyed watching Team and Sverev. I think this is sort of a reversion back to normal. Both of them are extremely motivated. Djokovic by his uh, U.S. Open disqualification. Nadal by the chance to tie Roger Federer. Um at 20 Grand Slams. Uh, what do you think happens in that match? I think Djokovic lays the smackdown. Yeah, I do too. I think, yeah, the condition, it's like all about the conditions in that one. And they favor Djokovic. Just kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, it was the 2012 final uh, when they played on an unusually cold and rainy day. Uh, Djokovic, uh, like the, the conditions turned in the third set and Djokovic, uh, smoked Nadal in the third and had all the momentum. I think he was up a break in the fourth before they just called, called it due to, called the match due to weather. And then Nadal came back the next day and closed them out in the fourth set, um, but if that match had continued, Djokovic would have won that uh, that tournament. Um, and I sort of just see... I, so, I remember that match, and I look at... Anybody can look at the Paris weather and see rain clouds and rain every day. Uh, low 60s, high 50s. It's going to be a repeat of those conditions, um, which makes Djokovic the prohibitive favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Any anything else to add? Uh, no. Just looking forward to it. Um, I'm glad that the draw isn't as light. I'm glad that Goffin's an 11 seed instead of a seven seed. I'm glad that. Um. Yeah, I'm just glad that it's fair. I'm I'm glad that like the. Uh, the draw is more filled out and full. Yeah. It is really weird to have the French open in late September, early October. Like, uh, one reason we're late putting this draw preview podcast up is we're just not used to this quick turnaround or the U S open should be the last major, you know? And then, Oh wait, there's clay court tennis now. Yeah. It is weird I'm timing, uh, but I do think it. I do think that um, they may have waited a little too late in France for reasonable weather. Yeah, they tried to have it a week sooner, but uh, then the U.S. Open postponed by a week. So yeah, the the weather turned. Um, yeah, they 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 messed up. I mean, usually Bercy. Bercy happens in like the first week of uh, November, and that's an indoor event. Like uh, the weather changes pretty quickly in France. 
Yeah, this this could be like very interesting from from a weather standpoint. Yeah, it is a curveball, though. I mean, dude, Paris like uh, fall and spring. The weather, like I, I guess the the roof on uh on Chatrier makes it so that uh the match between team and uh, Djokovic from last year, where the wind, it was basically like playing in a hurricane, it's just like probably not going to happen again, um because the roof will just be closed in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The roof, uh, I guess, makes it a little better in that uh, at least the top dogs, you know, the the matches will happen uh, when they're supposed to happen. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, to our listeners, um, thank you. We we know that all all of the millions of you are looking forward to this event as much as we are. Um, if you like the pod, be sure to give us a five-star review wherever you listen to us. Um, and uh, follow us on Twitter at DoublesAlleyPod. And without further ado, love bye